Welcome to Confessions of a Fitness Manager. This podcast is meant for group fitness managers, fitness supervisors, fitness directors, coordinators, and everything in between. Basically, if you oversee a team of fitness professionals, this podcast is for you. It's part venting, part storytelling, and part practical tactical tips and useful information by two women who have a history overseeing large fitness teams and know how much it means to not feel alone. Fresh episodes will be released anywhere you can access podcasts on the last Friday of every month or before you slam the laptop until Monday or on Saturday on Saturdays when your yoga instructor calls in sick. We'll be talking about secrets, strategies, and struggles to hiring and leading fitness teams. Pour yourself a tasty beverage and come with us on this event. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Confessions of a Fitness Manager. I'm Stacy. With me, as always, is Miss Jessica. We are excited to talk and speak all to all things hiring, final episode of hiring. So episode four of four of our hiring kind of series, but technically episode five of the podcast. Jessica, what are you drinking today? Oh, Stacy. Well, I'm so glad you asked. It is about 15 degrees here in Chicago. So I have a giant mug of hot chocolate with, and I'm using the mug that I got from our trip to Park City, our girls trip. Yay. It's that was got so lots fun. of whipped cream. It was so much fun. So lots of whipped cream because it's needed. So it's it. delicious and it's keeping me warm. What are you drinking today, Stacey? I love it. I can't imagine 15 degrees. <laughs> 15 it's a little chilly. <laughs> it's cold. I have some wonderful, refreshing, clean, crisp ice water today keeping me nice and hydrated. We've actually had the opposite experience in the Pacific Northwest more recently. It's been, yesterday was like 65 and like I was walking with a friend and I was roasting. I wore long pants, a jacket, just in case, cause in the Northwest, you know, you just don't know. You see the sun, you're like, it's still probably pretty cold in March. And it was perfect yesterday. So I think I even got like a little sunburn on my face. It was- I'm Stop, like, I don't wanna hear that. I know, rude. So it was awesome. So yeah, we had a little bit of nice weather, but it was like the fake spring. And then the next few weeks are very cold and wet, just in time for the first day of spring. <laughs> great. Great. I'm so, I'm so jealous because it's, it's like too cold to go out and do anything oh, right now. Man, I hope it warms up because it is, it looks beautiful in Chicago in the summer. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, summer is great. Summer is great. Winter, not so much. So it's going to be pretty rough probably until about May. And then you should come for a visit and experience Chicago and we'll do all kinds of fun things. Perfect. Perfect timing. Great. Um, so like we said earlier, we are speaking about hiring episode four. So we finished up, wrapped up auditions and we kind of wanted to mention or encourage you after you do your auditions and we had recommended doing groups, group auditions if you can, or offering the ability for a participant to be a other, basically an employee at your facility so they can attend the, the class. If there's a class audition or the session, maybe they're a Pilates client to be a trial for an instructor who might work with you. Now is the time to collect their feedback. So after that audition, and the really interesting thing is, I don't know if you remember Jessica, like you get, we get different feedback from different people. Like mm -hmm. we, I was always surprised sometimes, like I would think an applicant was amazing and then I'd get this, it was too easy or it was the music wasn't great or, you know, the feedback we would get that wasn't things that we had noticed. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty valuable. 
Yeah, definitely. It's always here. It's always good to hear different people's experiences because you and I, as managers, when we would audition people, we would look for very specific things. We would have like our little checklist of things that we are looking for and things that we want to see from that instructor. Are they offering options? Are they introducing themselves? Are they setting the class up with the correct equipment? We're, we have our little checklist of things, but participants, whether they're instructors or just average members of your facility or even members of your club who you brought in for the audition, they are not necessarily looking at your checklist. So it's it's, it's nice to see it from a fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So, so true. So um, from there, let's say you potentially have a second interview. And that's something that I remember Jessica and I did at the luxury health club we worked together at when we were manager and assistant manager, basically, we would have the audition happen. And then the second interview, we would take them on a tour, we would sit down with them, review our policies, procedures, expectations, review our appearance guidelines, once again. Um, and at that point, there were times where even in that second interview, they had already been through the audition, they had already heard us speak to all these things multiple times. And we kind of spoke to this um, in the interview process, but suddenly they bring up, oh, wait, I'm not comfortable shaving my face or, you know. Um, so we'll tell some stories about that in a second. Maybe um, maybe it was during that second interview, but something we also noticed is during this time where it is more challenging to hire instructors. It's there are a lot few or a lot fewer of them and personal trainers applying and a lot more few of them are even qualified. And when you get to this point in the interview process, do you really want to spend more time when you could just sweep this person up and bring them onto your team doing a second interview? So it has been something I feel like we've both been doing less of because we need to start onboarding them and getting them seeing clients and getting them teaching classes or they're gonna go somewhere else. So that's something we've run into. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. At my new facility, I don't believe I've done a second interview because I feel like at the point where after I've had my phone interview, after I've had my in-person interview, and after I've had my audition, at that point, I either know if I want to hire them or I don't want to hire them. So for me, especially because talent is so few and far between right now, and I feel like that's just across the board with everyone, if I don't act on it then, for all I know, they are going to another audition right after and someone else could grab them. So I want to dump all the iron is hot mm -hmm. and just sweep them up while I can. Otherwise, I risk losing them and I don't have the ability to bring on more good talent. So it's, it's we're you're exactly right, Stacey. We're just kind of in this area right now where do we even need a second interview? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think exactly like you said earlier, like by this point i know i want to hire them there have even been times where i do their initial interview and maybe like the first 10 minutes of their audition i'm like definitely hiring this person like they're you really there but then the ones who you really need to keep seeing over and over again sometimes that is a sign that it's like oh, like we're really going to have to work with this person or really yeah going to, it it can be less of a we definitely need to hire this person. And so if you have to have the second interview, it doesn't mean you can't hire them. It just means it, it there may be something else that you need to really work with this person on or um, consider, and it could still work out. It could still work out. I mean, one of the things that I do if I'm kind of on the fence with them during their audition, 
is when I offer them feedback, if they accept the feedback and they make adjustments or if they argue, because I've also seen both and I know if they're going to argue with me or not understand the feedback that I'm giving them, then it's most likely not going to work out. But if they can at least if they can accept the feedback or maybe explain why they're doing something a certain way, maybe it's something I didn't understand or didn't come across correctly, but if they can explain it to me, then okay, then they can make adjustments and they might be easy to work with. So at that point, that's kind of a, a sign for me that I'll be, I'm willing to bring them on board. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to share a quick story about a uh, instructor who um, it was really interesting. It was some, it was an instructor that Jessica and I both were exposed to in an audition. Mm -hmm. He happened to have his own trampoline that he had explained to us that he had like patented and created. And mm -hmm. it was a program. It was this whole like thing that he had created to offer fitness facilities like ours when we were working with him. Um, he made it to the audition phase, but mm -hmm. even then we were a bit nervous because he, at our particular location, you were not allowed to have any facial hair as a, as a man. Mm -hmm. And he had a full on like goatee, I believe mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. He, there was definitely a lot of significant amount of facial hair. And at that facility that we were at Stacy, they also, part of their dress code was no visible tattoos. And he yes. had, yeah. I, I, and he definitely had a sleeve of tattoos on his mm -hmm. arm. Mm -hmm. So we were a little nervous going in, but great personality. And so yeah. brought him in for the audition. It was a really fun audition. Yeah, it, it was, was fun. really fun. It was really fun. I remember it being really fun. We got good feedback. The one thing I remember us kind of thinking about was it, it was fun, but it wasn't the most like organized class. There wasn't mm -hmm. like, if he's building programming for this, this class that he's going to basically tell our instructors they have to do, um, mm -hmm. like to follow that formula, there didn't seem to be a lot of a formula. So that was, I remember something mm -hmm. we were talking about. Plus, I just wasn't sure as far as liability, if this person had created this piece of equipment that we were now going to potentially have in our facility, we'd have to buy all of them. Um, mm -hmm. What does that look like? There were a lot more layers of decisions with this particular applicant. And then it took us, I do also remember, it took us a long time to get him back in to do his second interview. I think there was mm -hmm. a family emergency and that stuff happens. Like they may have a family emergency the the club we worked for they're about to have a an audition actually this week and i was going to go attend it um and they had to cancel it last minute because the person got sick so sometimes that will happen that's not necessarily mm -hmm. always a red flag but i remember mm -hmm. that happening he was kind of pushing it off not responding for a while and when they go dark that's a big problem mm -hmm. i remember yeah i still yeah, he started to he, st he started to ghost yeah i remember yeah. that where he went because we had a plan to get this program going by yeah. X date and that date started looming right around the corner. And we're like, where is he? Do we have to push it back? Do we have to cancel it? Like marketing materials had gone out at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we had yeah. to have, we finally got the chance to have a sit down with him. And um, he immediately was like, I am, don't want to cover my tattoos. I don't want to shave my face. And it just became rele relevant, I think, to both of us that it was like the amount of work and effort that we're going to put in to support this person and the mm -hmm. inability for him to do those two things was mm -hmm. just really not going to work out. And since then, yeah. you know, there's so many facilities who've lifted those requirements, but 
which is okay. Um, but I think at that time it was just this battle was not worth mm -hmm. being fought. Um, so if right. you can get, I guess the like moral of the story is that you can get to all these stages and then there can be something that does come up. And that's yeah. just the way hiring goes. Poor Jessica has had to experience that so many times and she's really in need of some new talent right now. And, and so am I, and it's so, it's such a bummer when you really have these high hopes for these people. And then you get to yeah. this point where it's just not going to happen. This is not going to work mm -hmm. out. So, and hopefully it happens yeah. actually at this stage, because when it happens later, which we're going to speak about in episode, in the next episode and our first stages of onboarding, when issues start to arise, then it's much harder to get rid of them than it is before you hire them. Um, Absolutely. So that's huge. Um, but any stories from you, Jessica, that you can think of or, or yeah, or, actually, or I, I just, I just thought of one and Stacey, I don't know if you've heard this one or not. Yeah. So this was from, uh, this was an applicant that we hired in house. So this was a member of our team at my current facility who was front desk staff and he ended up going out and getting certified and he wanted to be a personal trainer. So we did an interview with him and he dressed up for it and everything like shook my hand. And it was, it was great. Very, um, very personable, sweet guy. And he's just, and I, you know, I knew him cause I had worked with him for about six months prior to this while he was our front desk staff, really, really nice, down to earth, humble, sweet guy, great audition or great interview. I'll say audition was okay. It was a little bit rocky, but again, this was his, he was a brand new trainer. Uh, he was very green. So I'll give him a little bit of grace for that. And he accepted feedback and I was willing to work with him on things. So I gave him, I extended him a verbal offer. He accepted. And Stacey, did I ever share the story with you? This was a while ago. Maybe, I, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's not so I don't know. yet. Okay. So he, so I extended a verbal offer. He got very excited about it. He accepted and went home next day. Out of nowhere, I feel like someone like got in his head about something because he came into oh, no. my office the next day and it was like someone had flipped a switch. He became very hostile and immediately demanded a sign-on bonus for coming onto my wow. team of trainers. Yeah. Wow. From front desk to trainee to trainer, he demanded a sign-on bonus. And I was like, that was never an option. I don't know why you think that you're entitled to that. And he just got very aggressive and was saying how he needs to be the best trainer in Chicago. And how is he going to do that if he is greeting people at the front desk and doing other BS jobs? And it was just such a such a turn yeah, that I didn't wow. quite know how to handle that wow. because, yeah, because at that point, like I had never experienced this side of this guy before. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what happened because when we left it yesterday, it, he was excited and we were talking mm -hmm. about how we're going to transition him out of a supporting role in front desk and into a full time role as a trainer. And I made it very clear this is not going to happen overnight. You'll probably it'll probably be about a month until you become a full time trainer. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are fully prepared to take on that role and to find someone else to cover for you at the front desk. So I don't know what happened in like a less than 24 hour time period, but he was so hostile and aggressive to me the next day about in his words, he can't be the best trainer in Chicago if he is doing a BS job at the front desk and he needs to go full time right then and there. And the sign on bonus, it was just a, it was just a huge turn off. So at that point, I rescinded the offer because I don't I didn't want this guy joining my team anymore, because no. if this if we haven't even gotten to day one at that point, then and you're already having this attitude. And he was essentially he made a couple of um, 
I, I'm not even going to say it on air because it was so disrespectful. Some remarks of my my current trainers that I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not going to bring you on board with my team. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. That was a rough all. one. Well, and for someone being so new, like you said, to have that yeah. light switch of a change. Um, and yeah. I, I don't know where admit, that came from. Yeah. And I can't help but admit he hopefully, if only he understood that, like, that's the weird part about fitness is these, yeah. I, I feel for facilities and I feel for trainers because it's really difficult to just jump right into being a full-time personal trainer. There is a grace period where you have to gain your clients. You have to put in the work. Once you do and you continue to put in that effort and your clients fall in love with you and they stay with you and you raise your rate and you, it can become this super like pretty lucrative job. Yeah. Um, and when you can do multiple things, it's even better because when the holidays roll around and things get quieter and that's not his fault, he can then lean on potentially getting some hours at the front desk, like picking up hours. Like, I, I think that's yeah. one of the best ways for trainers to do it is to have already worked at the facility in another capacity. Oh, totally. Yeah, at, at the facility we worked at in Seattle, it was often the people who worked as um, like basically concierge, like floating concierge that would help with mm -hmm. towels and help people on the machines. They were paid so much. And then a lot of them got their personal training certification and then did like a hybrid until right. they again were full time. And the club, of course, was like, you go ahead and give up your shift on the floor because you're going to make money for us as a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So head on over to that team. But if you can sub here and there, like it's kind of a brilliant way to do it. And so it's sad that yeah. you didn't see it like that. It yeah, it was, it was back. No, and it was such a bummer. And I had told him up until that point that you working at the front desk is an advantage for you because you're going to be so visible and you already know everyone checking in. So you can already have that connection with multiple members established. It's going to be easy to transition them into your personal clients. So that was, that was a really big disappointment for me because I never had someone go so aggressive in such a short period of time and from a brand new trainer, mm -hmm. nonetheless, like this guy had, had no yeah. experience. So the fact yeah. that he put himself so highly above not only the trainers, but the support staff as well was mm -hmm. just, it was just baffling mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. It's really sad. I mean, the whole thing, I think moral of the story from both of us is like, hopefully you hear these stories and you go, man, I do feel like I've done everything right. Like I have taken the time to interview these people. I've you know, vetted them to the best of my ability. And even then things happen. Like I used to think that I did something wrong when I made a bad hire and mm -hmm. hiring people is an art that you just continue to get better at. And honestly, still people have this, this way of getting, like they have, you have your BS meter and they have a way of BSing around it. <laughs> like they, get, mm -hmm. they get around it and they just sneak their way in and yeah. you have to handle the situation the best of your ability once they are on your team which we are going to speak to even more next episode. Um, but anything else, Jessica, you want to share or, or mention? Um, no, I think that's my big story. I mean, I feel like I could pull, I could pick and choose a lot of weird stories right now, but that, I think that's the most relevant one. But I think just tips and tricks, if you need to have a second interview because you're unsure of someone, then go for it. It's not certainly not going to hurt. If you think that they're going to be a good fit for your team right after the audition, then jump on it and offer them a position right then and there. Yeah, I agree. I think that was something I had to really let go of. I was like determined to give them that second interview. And there were times where the market wasn't as crazy back then, but I remember 
telling them, okay, now our next step is a second interview. And they were kind of looking at me like, I've done so much already, but I'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Like I'll make it happen again. And basically they're coming in for unpaid time still yeah. again for that next opportunity to potentially meet with you. So mm-hmm. it's something to consider for sure. But yeah, if, like Jessica said, if you're on the fence, don't, if, even if they're upset about having to do another interview, like that's even more of a reason mm-hmm. to do it. <laughs> you really, yeah. you should do it. So um, it gives you just the opportunity. And what the second interview for us looked like, like we said, was walk them around the facility, recapped policies, recapped procedures, um, recapped what you'd offered them for pay, um, really dot your I's and cross your T's and get really clear with them on exactly what they're going to expect. And maybe at that point, if you feel like you're still going to move forward with them, you could take them to maybe human resources, start the process, get things going. Um, but, or if you need more time to think about it, sending them away and saying, we'll, we'll respond to you on this day and time. But that's always helpful too, to give them exactly when you're going to reach out to them yeah, when you're going to follow up with them. And then do it because it's, there's nothing worse than not hearing back from an employer. Like I would never do that to someone. Um, that would be, but it happens all the time. Yeah. So be sure to keep up, keep up with, or keep organized with your applicants. Cause once you have a lot, which is a good problem to have, it's easy to lose track of people. Um, so hang on to their, create a spreadsheet if you have to, (laughs) to get a hold of everybody, um, and where they're at. And actually giving them like how do you have any advice, Jessica, for like when you do reach out to someone and have to tell them no? This is kind of an impromptu question. Oh, that's, that's a hard one. Oh, that's do. always that is that's a hard, hard one. Yeah. yeah, that's that's never fun. I always like to just know what I'm going to say ahead of time, like you know, and have the reason why. I mean, you're never gonna be direct with them and be like, hey, your audition sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just give them a specific reason why. And I actually have had a couple applicants who I'm pleasantly surprised with who said, thank you so much for the opportunity. What feedback do you have for me? And I think that's, I think that's just brilliant from an applicant. It, it shows me that even though it might not be a good fit, that they're still professional and um, they can either take the feedback that I offer them or leave it. It is up to them at that point. But uh, just knowing what I'm going to say ahead of time and not trying to argue with them about it, yes, you know, because some, yes. some people get very defensive and they want to know exactly why. And then you could say, well, I noticed that you didn't set this up correctly or you taught this incorrectly. And they could be very, very defensive. And you don't want to get into like a tug of war with them at that point. And you don't, because arguing with them, what is that going to accomplish? It's not going to accomplish anything. So I like to know, I like to go into that conversation knowing what I'm going to say and um, just wish them the best. Mm -hmm. I think that's super smart. Yeah. I just really, I sometimes would even just keep it as simple as we've decided not to move forward with you. Do you have any questions? And potentially they have those questions and then you can do that back and forth, but you're exactly right. Not saying, not being defensive on your end, just let them say their piece and what they think and believe that they have done. And you can just listen quietly, (laughs) like be there to, to absorb it. Um, but they're, or ask some questions, but you, you really don't need to take it any further. Um, another thing is sometimes I would run into a voice machine, like leaving a message. And I think I would give it a try to hopefully speak to that person. If you can, um, like, it'd be great if you don't have to leave a voicemail, but if you can't get a hold of them and you need to just be done with that applicant, sometimes you do have to leave a voicemail. So I have, I've done it before. Don't feel like you can't do it. It's not fun for Mm -hmm. them to get that voicemail, but 
you might hear from them, you might not, and just open up the door for them to, if you'd like to call me back and have any questions, feel free to call me back. Mm -hmm. But I've had to leave that message before. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not a fun conversation to have. No, no. Yeah. So maybe grab a glass of wine if you're not at work. <laughs> Do that. If you are at work, then wait till you're done. Wait till the conversation is over and then get a glass of wine. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> Do that. Very important. That's the advice. That's the advice I have. Don't drink at work. <laughs> there you go. We're not condoning that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Jessica. That was such good advice. And hopefully if you have any questions to us, as always, feel free to reach out to us or if anyone here's anything that we might've mentioned or didn't mention today that was advice for that initial um, hiring process all the way to this last potential second interview or when you're considering hiring that person, what does that look like? And then maybe any advice you have when you had to send those rejection letters or rejection video, um, phone calls. Um, it's not fun stuff, but it's definitely something we have to do and potentially the hiring stories you might have. Um, when you've made it to this point in that hiring process, because it's, yeah, it's nice to know that you're not alone sometimes, as we always say, um, Absolutely. Next episode, episode six, we're super excited to talk about onboarding and what to do again, if you are challenged with an applicant who makes it through this stage and you've decided, uh Oh, it's definitely a problem. Some ways to identify that and ways to handle that. So that's what we're looking forward to sharing with you next time. Thanks so much for listening.